Hey, welcome to the show. I'm your host, Mark Garrett Hayes. It's a pleasure to have you back again this week. If you're a first-time listener, a huge personal welcome and thanks for your time and interest in coming along. This is the show for training business owners, people like you and I, all around the world. And the purpose of the show is threefold. It's to help you to start, to grow, and to scale your training business. There's an episode every single week. It's either an episode with me, as in the case of today. You could be on the plane, on the train. You could be in a taxi, in your car, on the way to work, on the way home from work. You could be in the gym. You could be going to bed or getting up. The key point is that I'm here for you every single Thursday with either an interview or time where it's just you and I going over some coaching to help you with your training business. This is episode 36 of the podcast. Hey, and welcome to the trainingbusiness.com podcast. Every week we bring you exciting news and interviews with training business experts and training business entrepreneurs from around the world. Thanks for tuning into today's episode. Here's your host, Mark Garrett Hayes. And welcome to the show. As I said before the music, this is the show for training business owners just like you and I all around the world. And today we're going to focus on something which I think, in fact, I know, as I said, will be extremely useful to you. Are you the kind of person who delivers talks or taster events or master classes? Are you? Have you ever been involved in maybe some kind of awards ceremony? Have you ever been asked to deliver a talk at some off-site company event? I have too. Have you ever been asked to deliver some kind of taster at some local chapter of BNI or Chambers of Commerce? Great question. The thing is, there are all kinds of organizations out there for a variety of reasons that would be very interested in having you along to talk to their members or to talk to their guests, to talk to their delegates. I'm in frequent contact with PR agencies and organizations which hold frequent talks for their members, thinking of the network I mentioned, as well as chambers of commerce. You obviously have to be credible and competent, and there are steps today which I'm going to give you to help you ensure that you are able to deliver fantastic value at one of these events. In a future episode of the podcast, we'll look at how you can actually approach organizations and become invited, or rather get invited to these kinds of events. How how do you do that? How do you identify a prospective organizations that would make sense for your training business brand? But today, we're going to operate on the basis that you have either one coming up or this is something that's new to you and you're going to need to know how to actually make this work for you. Okay, so we're going to focus on three things as part of this subject. And the first thing is to look at the things to do before the event, the things to do on the day of the event, and the things to do after the event. And to accompany this podcast, there is a free checklist which you can download And there's a link accompanying the podcast, or it's actually on the website. Either way, you can avail of that. And this free checklist is going to walk you through all the things to do and the times when to do them, so that this will actually become an automatic step-by-step process for you. 
And I had to give some thought to this. How, if I were giving myself advice, would I go about doing this? And what would I do when and in what way would I do it? So actually, I'm grateful to you for helping me to clarify in my mind a kind of a step-by-step system, which I know works because I've done these things and other things I'm actually currently doing. And some things I'm actually getting help with because I know they're not my area of expertise. What that means for you is that you need to be conscious of things which are simply not up your street. They're not the things which you perhaps know expertly, in which case it's always okay to get help from people on freelance or upwork.com or fiverr or peopleperhour.com there are lots of events uh, expert people out there on these platforms uh, people who can help you with uh, maybe preparing uh, videos and that kind of thing which are going to help you to absolutely ace your speaking event now there are people who know far more about uh, speaking engagements than I do, and I'm more than happy to have those on the program. As guests in the future, I have a couple of people lined up for you. But in the meantime, keeping things very simple and practical based upon my experience, the things I'm doing, the things I've done, the things I'm about to do, I've put together a series of tips today in those three areas which are going to help you to absolutely ace or crush your speaking event. So again, We're looking at things before the day of your speaking, the day of the speaking engagement itself on the day, and lastly, the things to do after the event, okay? So you might want to follow along now, either listening to this with a pen and paper, or you can, as I said, download the guide, the checklist, which is going to help you to go through each of these things together. Okay, let's start. So the first thing I would say, on the day of, rather before the event, is to write your own copy. Always, always write your own copy. That is the text which people are going to read to want to know what this event's about, who you are, and what they're going to get from this event. Does that make sense? In other words, if you leave it to others to sell you, there is a risk they may not do it as well as you can. Also, the photograph of you is also going to sell people because they're going to look at this and think that person looks like they've, they're professional, they're organized. For goodness sake, don't use an Android phone or iPhone. Enlist a photographer to take a professional headshot of you or full body shot of you, ideally something of you in action. I've seen trainers and speakers use uh, stock photographs of people who are not them to promote their event. This is a wasted opportunity. So the photographs that you have made or taken of you, you can reuse again and again and again. So it's well worth the investment. Going a step further, I would and have created a video which I can then send to organizers. And this video is something they can send to their delegates. So this gives them the chance to see me and hear me before they actually ever meet me on the day. And this is more compelling than any amount of copy they're going to read about that event. Just think about that for a second. You could put together a video and reuse that video for future talks, and we'll talk about productizing your talks shortly. But the videos that you make, the photographs that you take, and the copy that you write can be reused. So it's worth doing them well, if necessary, getting uh, professionals to help you with that. Professional copywriter, professional videographer, professional 
photographer. The next thing in terms of the things to do before the event is to ask the organizers for a copy of the delegate list. Yeah, many people don't do this. Why is it important? You and I should know who's coming to the event, who has expressed interest, who has bought tickets. By the way, never ever give these talks for free. If it's something close to your heart, some kind of cause, maybe a school event, some kind of youth event, something where you're doing this pro bono, that's a different case completely. But if you're a professional speaker or a professional trainer, and you should be listening to this podcast, you want to associate people with paying something for hearing you or benefiting from you. As one of my mentors, Chris Ducker says, always be seen to be selling. It's not about the money or making money here. It's about associating price with value. If people feel that they can get access to you for nothing, guess what? It's going to be very difficult to sell them a program at the price point you want them to pay if they ever go on to do business with you, okay? You're training them to expect to have to pay something, pay attention, pay time, pay with an email address, pay money to be able to get something from you. So back to this tip here. Uh, you are looking at the list of delegates. You then go on to LinkedIn and pick five or 10 people based upon the delegate list. It could be the company they're from or their role. Look at them on LinkedIn and familiarize yourself with their profiles. I would advise you also to contact them preemptively and say that you're the speaker and you're looking forward to seeing them on the day. And by the way, in the meantime, you'd really like to connect with them. Is there anything they would like specifically to get from the talk? And this opens up a dialogue. Why is this useful? Because on the day, you can go up to them in person, having recognized their faces, greet them individually and personally, and talk about something which is relevant and pertinent to both of you. It makes sense, doesn't it? Okay, my pro tip here, though, in terms of before the event, is to Hire a videographer. I know this is all sounding expensive, but it'll actually help you. Hire a videographer because that person is going to be able to do several things. First of all, they're going to take some footage of you on stage in front of people, which is really, really influential and persuasive when it comes to social media. It's something you can use in your own promotional material for a range of purposes. And you can also then capture video testimonials with people, with delegates after the event. Now, if the event organizers have their own videographer, that's okay. You might want to have a word with them and somehow, you know, motivate them to help you with taking footage, the kind that you need, and some testimonials, etc. If you have a photographer along, which I would advise as well, having hired one, uh, get them to take photographs of people of people with you after the event so that you can again place some people's faces next to yours on social media. It adds context. It sets you apart from other people. So that's the pro tip today in terms of before the event. Get a videographer and get them to take footage, but also to capture testimonials at the end of your event. This is social proof. This is really powerful social proof. Okay. So that's before the event. Now on the day of the event, First tip here is to arrive early. I've arrived late for things. I've arrived on time. There's a saying that if you arrive on time, you're already late. Now that may, may sound trite or, or simplistic. It actually makes sense. And here's why. 
If you're there early on the day, you're relaxed, you're not stressed. It gives you the time to walk around the room, and here's why. Often, I found that the organizers or the hotel or conference center, if that's where it's taking place, have misunderstood the instructions. They may have the wrong table format out. It could be a U-shaped format or a boardroom format rather than a cabaret format, which is round tables, so that I can give people work to do or some kind of thing to discuss in a group during the talk I'm giving. And the more or the longer the talk, the more it is important that you give people the chance to work in a pod. So that's one thing. I always want to walk the room, see the room, and if necessary, change the room format so it suits my talk. Now, if it's not my talk, if I'm not the only speaker there, I can't do that. But as you'll see from the checklist, one of the things is to give the organizers a clear set of instructions of the setup that you need to make the talk a success. Have a look at the checklist. That will all make sense. The thing here, though, is to make sure you're familiar with the PowerPoints. You go along on the day, you introduce yourself to the tech people running the lighting, the audio, and the video, if there are people there doing that, and usually there are, so they know exactly what your presentation looks like. You get time to run an audio check with them. I always do this before anyone else arrives, so I'm not conscious of my own voice. We all are at some point. And I stand on the stage and I picture myself giving that fantastic talk, looking at those empty tables. And also in terms of tables, if I've influence, I will attempt to seat people where I want them to sit so I can mingle with them and and see them, particularly if they're people whom I want to influence. Again, look at the checklist and you'll see why this is important. Make sense? Great. I need to stop saying, does that make sense? And that's my kind of go-to phrase. So note to self, Mark, stop asking listeners if this makes sense. Of course it does. The other tip here on the day of the event is to bring your own tech. I have lost count of the number of times that the batteries in the organizer's clicker doesn't work. I even saw that happen last weekend in London, a professional talk with over 60 people at a mid-year mastermind. And the, the choice of music was inappropriate. And the, um, the batteries didn't work. And that was really irritating to the event organizer. I could see that and I could fully empathize with that because people have let me down in terms of tech before. I always bring my own music playlist. So it's appropriate, particularly when I'm giving people an activity to do. Music helps them to focus. Um, If I don't have my own presentation on my laptop, I usually do. I ensure it's on a Google Drive or Dropbox, somewhere where the organizers can access it if tech fails. I bring, uh, as I said, spare everything. I bring my own clicker, spare clicker. I bring spare batteries. There's a checklist of things, by the way, in the, the, the checklist I've mentioned to you to help you to remember which things to bring, which will help you look professional on the day, okay? So always bring your own tech, always have backup things, a spare lapel microphone, a spare uh, clicker, spare everything. It, it really concentrates the mind on what you need and is a good replacement just in case anything fails. And by the way, if you're playing music in a public place, for example, I play Coldplay or Sia as motivational stuff, music I like and I think works, it's really important that you have a license to play other people's intellectual property in a public space. You could be caught out and fined if you're not, okay? Very important. So my pro tip here on the day of the event is this. The first couple of minutes of you on stage are very, very important. People may have not seen you before, 
So you really want to absolutely crush this. And here's the thing to do. Take your introduction and divide this into three parts. And those three parts are ethos, pathos, and logos. Ethos, pathos, logos. No, these are not names of the three musketeers. These are the three parts of a compelling introduction. The ethos is the part, the first thing you'll introduce yourself with, and that is anything which establishes your credibility, your authority, which answers the question, what gives you the right to speak to us today? So you've got to show maybe the fact that you've got some previous success, some previous testimonials, uh, talk about your title, talk about maybe your academic record, maybe you have an MBA or a PhD, maybe you've worked with particular people. Don't be afraid of dropping names, okay? This is your chance to set the stage. You are credible. You have an authority here. You've got to let people know why, excuse me, what gives you the right to talk to them here. The second thing is what we call logos. And this is where in the introduction, you need to clarify exactly what you're going to cover, in what order, in what format, and what you need them to do for the duration of your talk. It gives them a roadmap so they can follow along and know what to expect. And also link that up with the clear benefit statement. Now, if you're a trainer, you should know this. I'm sure you do. By the end of today, you will be able to X. You will know how to X. You will know where to find X. Does that make sense? That um, logos tells people the logic of the presentation, how it's constructed, what they're going to get from it, and, and so on. The pathos is the last part, and this is where you tell people what's in it for them, what they're going to be able to do, how it's going to benefit them professionally. This is so often overlooked. This is your pitch. This is what tells people, I need your attention for the next 15 minutes, half hour, 45 minutes, three hours, and here's why. Here's how it's going to benefit you personally, not just professionally. So have a really clear introduction and practice this again and again. Okay, that's my pro tip for on the day of the event. The third thing, of course, the third part is what you do after your speaking engagement, after your masterclass, after your talk at that chamber of commerce or that that local chapter of some organization. Uh, And we'll talk about that in a future episode, which organizations are right for you and how to actually get in contact with them and sell yourself as a speaker, particularly if this is your first time doing it. It was a first time for me at some point. That's okay. So we'll leave that to a future episode. But let's just... Uh, presume that you have given your talk. What do you do now after the talk, after that speaking engagement? And there are three parts to this. First of all, thank the organizers. Again, often overlooked. Find some way to thank the organizers for their leap of faith in you, for giving you the chance to speak to their delegates. If it's a corporation or a company you've just delivered a talk to, Thank the organizers, people in HR, people at reception, anyone with whom you have had some contact, you want to help them to remember you in a way that leaves a nice taste, okay? So ensure that they remember you by personalizing your introduction and remembering everyone who's helped you to make your engagement a success. That helps you to stand out and to be likable. Another principle of influence from Dr. Robert Cialdini. So ensure that those organizers know that you also deliver talks on other areas. You don't have to be pitchy or salesy here. You're just uh, letting them know that you are able to deliver talks in other areas. And here is the information that would help them. Okay. So without being salesy, you're simply networking here and providing value by pointing out ethically what else you can help them with. 
And don't be afraid to direct them to URLs of footage, video footage, or photographs, or something else, or testimonials, which prove that this is within your competency. Okay? Back it up. Everything you state, you must prove it and point out why it's valid and relevant to the people you're influencing. Okay. The third thing here when it comes to after the event is to productize what you've done. Those photographs you've paid for or the photographs you have, you now need to use them. So it could be in some kind of promotional material. Get someone on Fiverr, Upwork, or uh, peopleperhour.com, which is one I often use. There are a range of expert guru freelancer sites out there, and you can hire people to help you to transform that photograph into some kind of branding or promotional material for you. If you have a VA, virtual assistant, or someone, maybe you can do this yourself, uh, get that content out on social media on the day of the event, and of course, after the event in some kind of drip format. I'll talk about drip in a moment, by the way. The video you now have, either from the organizer's videographer or the videographer you hired on the day, get them to put something together which is professionally edited uh, with some kind of, you know, lower thirds, lower two thirds, as it's called. That's the stuff on, in text at the end of the video. Ensure it's branded and uh, all the audio has been properly done. And think of it this way, all that content you have can be sliced and diced and used on a range of platforms. So if this isn't within your area of competence, go out and find people who can help you to productize your talk. You may even, here's a tip, want to sell that talk. Again, you've got to check out whether you have the right to do that, but you could actually parcel up that talk you've given, if it's a long talk, three hours, etc., and have that transformed into a product which you can sell online through Gumroad or Stripe or something like that and put that on some kind of uh, e-commerce page, something like Entreport, um, Unbounce, Lead Pages, etc., which we'll come to in a moment, just in case you're wondering what those things actually are. So anything you've done, it's important that you design once, produce once, and sell forever. And this is something I'm getting better at. Uh, in the past, <clears throat> I would actually redo things and redo things and redo things. If you have just given a talk on that subject, you've designed the content, the promo material, the videos, the photos, all the testimonials, all that stuff, you want to wrap this up, ensure it's professionally edited, produced, finalized, and then reuse this to get the next talk. Does that make sense? That's the final time today I'll say, does that make sense? But it does make sense. Why would you recreate the wheel? You've got all this valuable stuff. It's there. It looks great. It's been professionalized, edited, retouched. It's ready to go. So put this in a place where you can share this with other people, either in some kind of folder or on some kind of platform which serves your promotional purposes. That productization is going to help you to avoid redoing things consistently and repeatedly, which I did for a long time, and don't anymore. The third tip, to, tip today when it comes to things to do after the event is to, let me think about this. Yeah, it's to actually never give away your presentation. And here's why. Usually, in my experience at least, maybe yours too, you have been asked for your slides. Most of the time, the delegates, the people at your talk, your masterclass, your training event, 
will really, realistically, never ever look at the whole presentation again. For some reason, people ask for them because there's something in their head, voice perhaps, telling them, oh, I need to go over this again in case I forget something. But actually, most people never look at the presentation again. So there's no value in really giving them the presentation. And I would never give them anything that they can edit themselves, like the PowerPoint slides or the Prezi presentation, that software, by the way, Prezi, or uh, the keynote in case you're using a Mac. That's the first thing. Secondly, it's your intellectual property. Why would you give away something which could be potentially plagiarized or used by other people? So if you give something out, it needs to be, a couple of tips here, in some format to which they cannot unlock or change or forward. So here's what I would do. This is my pro tip today for you for things after the speaking engagement or talking event. And that is to create a landing page using something like lead pages or Instapage or Unbounce or even a separate URL on your WordPress site just for this particular talk or speaking engagement subject. And here you can do all kinds of magic. If you're using something like Drip, which is uh, marketing automation, more on that subject on a future episode of the podcast, and I don't want to push everything into the future, but essentially platforms like Drip or um, something else you could use is, is ClickFunnels. This puts people into a series of emails or content which is pushed out automatically. Why is this relevant? Because if people want something from me, I don't give anything away for free. I'm not charging them for a version, underline that version, of the presentation, but I want to ensure they associate giving me something for getting something from me. So what do I ask them for? Their email address. And when they click on the URL, I don't say, by the way, you can have my slides. I say, if you want some uh, parts of the presentation or the presentation, here's the link you can visit. And I give this at the beginning of the uh, talk. I give this at the end of the talk, and I may even give it during the talk. So if people really want that, they know where to go. So when they click on the URL, they will then come to a page which is on something like Instapage or, as I said, Lead Pages or Unbounce, and they will see a video where they are reminded of the value of the talk I've just given, thanking them for coming along, encouraging them to stay in touch. And by the way, since they ask for the presentation, here are the main or the key points from that presentation, and they can click below to download that. But before they do, would they mind answering a couple of questions? And those questions could be whatever it is that you feel qualifies them in or out of your sales funnel because it's legitimate to want to serve them professionally and people are okay with that uh, if you want to get the slides from me here are a couple of questions if you wouldn't mind asking them or answering them first that's okay so have some kind of qualification questions you don't have to give them a whole survey monkey survey which for most people is off-putting but just a question or two which ensures that this is something they would like to know more about or they would like to keep in touch with you to hear about your next event etc it makes sense of course i need to stop saying makes sense it really does make sense because it's going to help you to legitimately re-engage with these people so you're not calling them in the future in a cold way who are you again what do you want from me what's this about if you're in some kind of marketing automation series of emails and you've got an excuse or rather a reason, permission to re-engage, you can get these people into your sales funnel, which makes it easier to sell them things that you think they could value or benefit from. 
So my pro tip, as I said, is to create a landing page, not to give away your presentation for free, but in exchange for an email address, as long as people watch the video, could be 60 seconds, and then answer a few questions, which people are frequently, not always, happy to do. And you can also then say that I'm, I'm going to contact you at some point in the future. By the way, is it okay if I send you a few emails, which will help you with topic X? Now, of course, the topic you're helping them with is simply an expansion on the subject which you addressed in the course of your talk, your speaking engagement that day. So the whole thing is holistic and sequential, logical and relevant. Okay, so there are my tips to help you to really nail, to crush your speaking engagement. You've now got a firm idea of the benefits of giving talks and what's in it for you, what's in it for your audience. You now also have a clear idea of what to do before the event so that you're set up for success on the day of the event so everything is organized for success and what to do after the event so that you continue to deliver success for your training business and for your customers. If you heard some noise today in the background, forgive me. I'm on the road this week, four days training in different locations and I'm currently recording in a hotel room, so the acoustics might be different today. There may also be some echo in here, but that's uh, something that uh, cannot be avoided. So forgive me if that in any way interfered with your enjoyment of the podcast episode today. So final thing, download the checklist to accompany the podcast. The URL should be in the uh, post right now, wherever you're reading this. It's also in the show notes. So if you look on your iPhone or Android device, you should see the link to the uh, download in question. And you can always email me if you have any questions about anything. And my email is markghays at gmail.com. I will get back to you personally. Just be clear about how I can help you so that I give some thought to my response beforehand. Please leave a rating on iTunes. It always helps me to attract other listeners who can benefit from this content. We're all equals and peers here in the training business community. So it helps me to understand what kinds of content will help you and what kinds of guests whose expertise you would like to have on the show, which will help your training business. And the last thing I would ask you to do is to just keep me up to date with what you're doing, what's working for you, because the more I can share, the more anyone and everyone stands to benefit from this podcast. I do what I do because I love what I do. And I hope you love to do what you do too. This is the podcast for you and I, for training business owners all around the world. So I look forward to your company again at the same time next week on Thursday. Until then, have a great training week. Bye-bye for now. Thanks once more for listening to this episode of the trainingbusiness.com podcast. Go to trainingbusiness.com and subscribe right now to be notified of great competitions, upcoming VIP episodes, and amazing special offers to help you succeed in your training business. See you next time.